Welcome back. This is the Last Call Sports Podcast. And as always, this episode is sponsored by Acres Down South, home of the game day polo. I am one of your co-hosts, Big Germ, and we've got some breaking news to talk about. I typed this earlier, okay? So Michael Orr claims that the story families across America have come to know and love portrayed in the hit film The Blind Side was a fake. Further, he states that just months after turning 18, he was tricked. And the documents he signed were actually not adoption papers, but rather documents that made both Sean and Leanne Toohey his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his names. However, I typed this about 4 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> right before we went on, I got another notification from ESPN where the um, Tuies, um claimed that Orr threatened to go public with his story if they did not pay him $15 million. Okay. So, with that being said, I got to hear y'all's thoughts on this. You know, let's hear it. It's simple. Don't trust a guy that owns multiple Taco Bells. I mean, <laughs> don't trust that guy. All right. Don't let that guy be your it be your guardian. <laughs> SJ wasn't very good at basketball either. No. He's gonna come for your head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But I mean, really and truly though, I mean, uh you kind of wonder what it was like back in high school and, and you know, in the early years of college, like were they treating him like a son? Were they treating him like mm-hmm. an actual family member? Or were they treating him like a prized possession that they knew could play football? Right. Um, because in that movie, I mean, they made him look horrible in the movie. They really did. They made him look like he didn't know up from down, mm-hmm. left from right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I was him, I'd be mad too. Yeah, but why, why wait till just now to come out, you know, years later? He's run low on money. He ran out. I've, he, heard, I've heard it was a cover-up the whole – like they've been – like, he's been trying to get after him for a while. I've heard yeah. the same. I've heard that, you know, they do have a lot of money. They had a lot of money before him. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that they've been using those lawyers as crutches pretty much, mm-hmm. trying to keep him quiet, Yeah. which I don't see how you keep Michael Orr quiet. I don't know. But I'm on Michael's side. I think I'm on Michael's I'm side. I'm team Michael. I never liked hearing Sean until he called Grizzly Games anyway. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, shout out Pete and Brevin. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The, Pete and Brevin, they do 10 times better job. Yeah. Sean was horrible. Yeah. So definitely Team Michael over here. Yeah, I agree. Get, you, get your money. Get your bag, dog. 10-4. Well, that actually went quicker than I thought. Okay. The first preseason AP college football rankings are out. I'm sure you guys have seen them. If not, I printed them off for you in front of you. Who did they get right? Who's up there that shouldn't be? And who got snubbed? Take it away, Doc. <laughs> I mean, Georgia coming out one overall, I think that's the safest pick you could put. I mean, mm-hmm. just saying, hey, they're proven. They're going to come back. The only thing is, is who's going to be their quarterback? You know, that's, I feel like that's a question mark there. Lost a couple guys, the best tight end in the nation coming back this year. Um, Michigan, best running back duo coming back in the nation, just statistically wise. They're running back back there right now, I think is on, could win the Heisman this year. For sure. I don't like a couple of them, though. I think a couple of people got slept on, especially like Kentucky. I think they should have cracked the top 25 this year. They got a lot of hype coming into this year. I think it's deserving. I think they're good. Um, Ole Miss, you'll see them climb the ladder real soon. They do so well. We were talking about this earlier, how well they do at the beginning of the season. Uh, Tennessee being the 12th spot, I was kind of like, I thought they would be at least top eight. 
I was thinking even in front of uh, Penn State at seven. I could see them being in front of Penn State right behind USC, right behind them. Uh, what do y'all think? I think that's a good spot to be at for them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think right there at seven is like a perfect spot for Tennessee to be at because they're better than Clemson, Florida State, wa- definitely Washington, even the hype around them. I think that's I think that's actually a great spot for them to be at for preseason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate preseason rankings, anyways, but I, I think it's dumb. Preseason think, rankings are a scam. Yeah, I, I hate it. I, I don't. Know. I think it's just another way to push a big game out there. That you know, granted, there's no massive games week zero, week one really either. Most um, of these teams on here are negative when it comes to being ranked in the preseason and then where they finish at in the final. Mm-hmm. They're all most of these are have been on the preseason way more than they have in the final. Mm-hmm. So well, Notre Dame especially. Yes, for sure Notre Dame. Preseason rankings are for a reason. I mean it's for this right here. What we're talking about is the whole <laughs> point because they put Texas and Tennessee right there next to each other on purpose because they knew it was going to get a rise out of Texas fans and it was going to get a big rise out of Tennessee fans. Oh, we're coming to the SEC. Yeah. We're the real UT. Who's the, the real whole, UT? This is what we yeah. talked about last week. Who's the real UT? I mean, for them to be right there in front of Tennessee is a, kind of a backhand, I think, coming into it. Well, and I think they put Clemson at nine way ahead of Tennessee for another reason. Mm-hmm. Tennessee fans are going to interact. Who's the real orange team? Well, you know? we beat them in a bowl game. <laughs> hey, Texas has got the better looking orange, though, if we're just being honest. I right? agree. Texas completely. has got the better looking orange. I agree okay. completely. Okay. We're that's, not doing this. That's enough of that. <laughs> I will say, as a Tennessee fan, when I first saw the 12 behind Clemson, I was like, you know, what the heck? We just got them in the orange bowl. But as a fan, you know, after I slept on it, I thought, you know, that's right where Tennessee needs to be. When they're under the radar, when they're not being talked about, when they're not in, you know, the – the everyday media, that's when they do best. When, when they get into the spotlight is when I feel like they kind of, at least in recent years, you know, kind of slip up. So I actually like them being in the 12 as of right now. Um, hopefully they'll move up after, uh, you know, let's say going to the swamp week three and stomping that ace. <laughs> but, uh, you know. We got cool jerseys now, though. We'll see from there. That you took from us, black jerseys. Black jerseys? Tennessee comes they, out with black jerseys. Black Florida looks a lot with better with blue and orange, though. I don't know, dude. You can't beat oh, no, that. Black and orange is, is, is pretty sweet. We got orange in our black. I know, but just the black and orange. Like, the blue <laughs> throws it off. The <laughs> blue throws it off. I don't think so. I think they look nasty. I think we're bringing those out. Week, I can't remember what week it is when we play South Carolina. Well, look, I'll tell you one thing about this, this top 25 thing. There are a couple of teams in here that just don't – Oregon State, Washington, uh, Notre Dame, and Tulane, and Oklahoma – None of them will finish. They they will get out early, and they will not finish anywhere near the top twenty-five. You don't think so? No, and I'm not saying that because you know they're not big name teams, but I'm just saying they have cake schedules, and I still don't think they're that good of teams. Ole Miss will rise up early. They'll fall back at the end of the year like they always do. Texas A&M, I think they'll rise up pretty. I think they'll move on up. I like Texas A&M this year. Yeah, I like Texas A&M this year. I don't like Iowa at twenty-five. I think that's literally. I think Iowa. No, you know, no offense, but I think that's the worst team to watch. It's so slow. That's the, how many. The total end points. of the game is going to be like six to nine. You know, like there's no touchdown scored. Yeah. Granted, tight end you whatever, but. Hey, twenty-five is how many total points they'll score this year? Maybe. And it's all going to be scored by the defense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, look, tough football. That's your grandfather's favorite team right there. Right? Yeah, that's 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 the old days. I don't have a ton of problems with this. I mean, 
like we said, it's preseason. That eye test really matters. Mm-hmm. Once you can actually see the product on the field, I'd take this with a huge grain of salt. I don't like Iowa being in there specifically. They do bring a lot back, but you bring a lot back from a team that was the most boring team to watch in all of football. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame I'm okay with. Washington I'm really okay with. Michael Penix comes back. They've got a lot coming back from that Washington team. I'm okay with 10. Outside of that, I mean, like Jacob said, I'm cool with Tennessee being at 12. They play better when they start out lower in the year. I like not having the – I mean, you have the hype, but at the same time, you're 12. Hmm. It's going to bring a rise out of Tennessee fans, and Tennessee historically plays better when they're slept on. Which brings me to my biggest point. Did you see all the stuff talking about the relations between this year's team and the 98 national championship team? Right, yeah. Y'all are starting to understand that yeah. my pick yeah. is correct. Tennessee is winning the national championship this year. But there's year. one thing, too. Every year. 98. Everything lines up correctly this year. Everything yeah, lines up correctly. What all was it? It was, it was, it was the, last, the year before they had a Heisman contending quarterback. The you year before they win 11-2. You lost your Heisman winning quarterback, replaced with the backup that's been there. Yeah. You won the Orange Bowl, which the same team we did in 98. Right. You um, finished the season the year before at 11 and 2. Mm-hmm. Like everything literally lines up. The script's written. I like it. Mm. I hope you're right. Well, what, what about this? Which one of those teams between 20 and 25, between Oklahoma, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Texas AM, Tulane, and Iowa, have the best chance of cracking the top 10 and staying there? Ole Miss. I would lean Ole Miss early. Uh, Texas AM is by far the most talented. Mm. When you sit and look at what they bring back, We've talked about this week one of this podcast, I think. If Jimbo throws away his control of the offense and lets Petrino take over, I do think that Texas A&M will crack that top ten. What about you, Big John? Man, give me Drake May. Show me a little love with the powder blue, man. Come on. (laughs) He was was phenomenal last year. He's coming back. Obviously, they have an easier schedule than the SEC guys. I mean, let's give him a chance. You know, like you said earlier, it's all about, you know, seeing the product on the field, and we haven't seen anything yet. So, just from the outside looking in, you know, give me UNC. Mm-hmm. Give me some tobacco roads, some Chapel Hill. <laughs> What's a team in the top ten you think has the biggest question mark? Top ten biggest question mark? Mm-hmm. Washington. I think Florida State. I think Florida State. I, I love Mike Norvell. I love him down there. I think he's he's building something. I'm glad they gave him a little time because I knew he was on the hot seat for a minute. Um, I think he still technically kind of is on the hot seat. Uh, but to come in eighth versus where he was a couple years ago, that's oh no, you're building he's for built, sure. He's and built he, a program. He's getting but. some solid guys, and he's and he's recruiting in house. He's staying in Florida. It's a hotbed, and you got to do that being at Florida State. You got to win those recruits over Miami and Florida there, and uh, steal a couple from Georgia and Mississippi and that area. I think he's doing a good job in that aspect, but. I mean, when you look in that top ten, I mean, Georgia's not going anywhere. Michigan's not going anywhere. Ohio State, solid. Alabama, solid. LSU, you have people picking them to win the SEC this year. You, ha- I mean, like all these teams. I mean, Clemson, you know, they, like you said, ACC team. I don't know, like Washington, that's another team too. A lot of people have them on the outside looking in when it comes to terms for uh, college football playoffs. So that would be mine would be Florida State. I can see them slipping a little bit being in those teens and uh, having a solid season, but nothing spectacular. Mine was, and I've said it for weeks now, is the biggest question mark is Alabama. I'm perfectly okay with them being number four. 
But when I look at roster construction, I know what Georgia's bringing back. I know what Michigan's bringing back. I can tell you what Ohio State's got. I can't tell you what Alabama's bringing back. The quarterback situation's a nightmare. New offensive coordinator. I mean, there's a lot of question marks with that Alabama football team. Do I think they'll still be good? Yes. Do I think they'll still finish top five, top ten? Yes. But when I'm just looking at this list and I see Alabama at number four, there's a lot of questions that immediately come to my mind. One thing that terrifies me was how happy Nick Saban is this early. I know. I don't know if y'all saw his uh, press conference the other day, but he left with a smile ear to ear, and I have never seen that before. That's because he just bought that mansion on that island. <laughs> he's, he's happy, man. Yeah. He's finally starting he's to He's coming back life. next year, and as long as Nick Saban's coming back, that's one of the teams, too. I mean, they're going to they're gonna end up doing well. Hey, I'll tell you this, though. Alabama, you know, in the recent years, everybody's looked at Alabama as a team that, you know, they've looked at their quarterback. You know, you had Hurts, you had, you had Tua, you had uh, Bryce Young. But, I mean, historically, Alabama has had a really good game manager as a quarterback, not some, you know, high-profile, you know, NFL draft prospect. Right, they've had just solid game managers and then solid run game and great defense. And so I think if you look at, you know, history – you know, Alabama is probably set up this year to maybe play a little bit more like old Alabama rather than recent memory Alabama. And uh, so, you know, never count them out for sure. But I would say they do have some question marks. Milrow can't throw the ball at all. <laughs> One of my biggest things is I, I wouldn't say there's a culture issue in Alabama, but you've noticed it ever since Scott Cochran left Alabama, it's a different, it's a different feel in Tuscaloosa. That the team celebrates more. I mean, I'm not saying celebration is bad. I love celebration in football. But those old Alabama teams during the serious heart of the dynasty were disciplined. You didn't see all this celebrating after a touchdown. All of the, I mean, it's it's serious down there. They were undisciplined last year. It was. I think I read a stat that said it was the most penalized Alabama football team in history. Mm-hmm. I think Scott Crocker and Levin really left its mark on that Alabama football team. And am I saying it's the end of the dynasty? Absolutely not but I can see them start slipping into a second tier, if you would. Yeah. No, no, who, who was their OC last year? It was O'Brien, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I blame it on – I blame other penalties on O'Brien. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't like the new hire. It's well, the, hey, I've got it out for O'Brien because he had it out for our boy Deshaun. <laughs> so, you know, I've got some anger towards Bill O'Brien. And now he's back in New England as offensive coordinator there, so mm-hmm. – just like old times, they'll see what they can do. Mac Jones might show them something there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk this Missouri NIL situation, okay? They actually had Williams Noir. Sorry if I butchered that name. He committed today. Okay, just to give you a stat line. He's a five-star defensive lineman. He's sitting at 6'5", 250 pounds. How did that happen? Where did that come from? Well, if you look at it, it's the second-rated recruit in Missouri football history. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it. The new NIL situation in Missouri is nuts. It's you sign with Missouri, mm-hmm. you're a high school senior. You're getting paid immediately. Right. So, I was, yeah, I was going to mention that. So, I, I saw the same up. thing. So, basically, from what I understand, and, you know, laws are confusing as hell, but just like you said, if you are a Missouri high school player and you commit to a school in Missouri, you can start accepting that NIL money pretty much right away in your senior season versus if he would have picked a team like, you know, Tennessee or Oklahoma, since those were out of state, he could not have accepted any NIL money until he officially enrolled 
with the school and say, you know, January or the spring, you know, of next year. So does that play a big factor why I picked Missouri? You know, as a 30-year-old, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I wouldn't do that. I would, you know, think of the long term. But as a 17, 18-year-old kid, hell yeah, show me the money. I'm Especially staying I'm home. Yeah, I'm getting a the situation, right. too. Yeah. So, you know. What happens if you're from Tennessee? High school. Well, see, every state is different. From what I've read, every state is different. Really? Okay, so I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we'll look this up. I think Tennessee, it doesn't matter. So, like, if you're a Tennessee athlete, say you played at, you know, Briarcrest or Knoxville Webb or a school outside Nashville, and you got all these um, uh, teams recruiting after you, say Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and they're offering you this NIL stuff, from what I'm understanding, and I've just heard of this law today, I think you can pretty much, you know, start getting that right away mm-hmm. if you're out if you're going to a school outside the state versus, you know, like we just said with Missouri, like the only way you can get that money is if you're going to go to college in state. Is that right? Am I am I quoting that right? I'm what I understand, I read into it a little bit the other day. Yeah, and it was as long as you sign on the dotted line, you're going to Missouri. Mm-hmm. You're paid. But I've also heard that just because you sign on the dotted line doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you can't. Well, you have to go to school there. Like, right, you can't right. just sign the NIL deal and say you're going elsewhere. You have to commit. Sign, That's what I'd be doing. Now everybody's going to be committing. Going to Florida. Getting the bag. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Can you not play a senior season in high school and then turn around and decommit go somewhere else? Yeah. Well, you got to owe all that money back. Well, that just shows, I mean, people don't know. This NIL stuff is still, like, it's the Wild West still. Mm-hmm. It needs to be regulated a little bit. But, yeah. I mean, I, you know, back to the being able to accept money if you're in Tennessee, I feel like it would have to do with, you know, your actual high school organization, uh, like TWSAA in Tennessee. You mm-hmm. know, they allow NIL um, dealings to go on in, in TWSAA. So I feel like it would have to come through that. Like, if, you're, if your high school division or whatever will allow it, then I feel like you could get paid. But if they don't allow it, I feel like it would nullify that almost. Mm. Right. Well, right. we're in a new era. I mean, we all watched the Johnny Manziel documentary the other night. If you haven't, you need to watch it. <laughs> but he literally said he hated the NCAA because it ruined all the money he could have got. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they said it in the doc. I forget the exact number, but it was like $360 million that the university brought in that year. And legally, he did not receive a dime of that. So, I mean, I, I feel your pain on that. Hey, you know in, today's, I mean? in today's time, or actually look back the last, like, 30 years, is Johnny Manziel the highest earning NIL? Like, if it was legal for the last 30, 40 years, is Johnny Manziel the highest earning NIL college athlete of all time? He was the most, I mean, you can market. He was the most famous person yeah. on the face of the earth for oh, two years. I mean, he was Solid. hanging out with, I mean, who you saw? Drake. Yeah. I mean, Drake made a song about him. He said, yeah. draft day, Johnny Manziel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And to be that famous and take that school from what it was to, to where he brought them to, um, I mean, there's no telling how much. And Texas A&M has a lot of money to begin with. Mm, a whole I mean, money. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at that, I think Johnny Manziel would – definitely set the record. Reggie Bush would be up there, too. Well, Reggie Bush would be up there. When you look at it, too, there's a reason that coaches like Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and all these people are mad about this NIL stuff because it evens the playing field. Oh, yeah, it does. $5,000 in a new car doesn't cut it anymore. You actually have to dish out some money. There's a reason that Saban and them are out there petitioning for regulation of NIL yeah. because they were ahead for so long. They, they did it illegally for so many years, and now that it's legal, they don't like it. Yeah. No, hey, I'll say this, though. The NCAA – 
the NCAA is the most corrupt organization maybe in, in the entire world mm-hmm. outside of like BlackRock, but, <laughs> but not to get, not to get too, too, you know, deep there, but, but in, the NCAA is very, very corrupt. Well, and that's why this is so big because it's a state mandated law. The NCAA can't touch them. No lawyers will Missouri's lawyers will basically flip them off and say, go to hell because no. there's nothing they can do about it. No, I mean, you know, but we talked about it last time. How far is it going to go to where you have some of these kids getting, you know, NIL so new, so it's still kind of a test subject, but some of these kids getting all this money early on and then just not panning out because you see all these kids all the time be touted as the next big thing. They get this money, they get, you know, these cars and everything, and then they go to the draft at a young age and they don't pan out because they let the money get to them. Like, hell, Johnny Manziel. He let the money, the fame, everything get to him. He didn't pan out. So, I mean, when do we learn that this probably is going to end very badly? Like, I really do. I think NIL is great. I think that it's, that these kids should be getting paid because they're this good. They could go to the draft, but the, the rules don't allow them to go to the draft yet. So they're getting paid right now. What if they had an injury in three years and they weren't ever able to go to the draft, so they weren't able to ever collect any money? So I do think the NIL is good. But in 10, 15 years when we look back on this and we're like, we created a bunch of degenerate kids <laughs> that did not pan out. Well, look, look at Arch Manning. How much money is he getting? He's not even starting this year. Right yeah. Now. Well, you see that everyone's mad at him or mad at the family. The, the, the Manning family said that Arch wouldn't sign a single NIL deal until he was the starter, and he just signed one the other day. And Because they, mm. they realized that he's not going to ever be the starter. They say go get it. Yeah, they <laughs> well, say go get it because, because it's going to be short-lived. Be <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You ain't. You ain't your uncles. <laughs> I, I do think NIL is good for football, though, because you're seeing a lot of uh, – for example, Josiah Jordan-James at Tennessee. I mean, injury history, yeah. great player, not good enough to play in the NBA because of the injury history, I believe. Yeah. Now he's coming back for another season. He came back as a walk-on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's still getting paid NIL money. Mm-hmm. I think it's great for the game because you're seeing so many guys like that come back to school. But at the same time, like what you said, it's also we're going to look back on it and say, wow. I think it should almost be like an age limit, like like what you're saying. Like if you can, you know, be there in your second and third year, you know, and, and prove that, okay, you can function in society, you you can take, you know, this fame and be okay with it and everything like that and not go crazy, I think then you should kind of be rewarded. But handing an 18, 17, 18-year-old kid a couple million on a college campus where they're going and just partying every night anyway mm. – I mean, it is dangerous. It's very dangerous. So I don't know, but I do think it is is great in some aspects as well. Right. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a great area. It's definitely sort of wild, wild west. Okay, we're gonna use surprise trivia to um, get us into the uh, professional sports here. So this is for Doc and Gruber once again. Unfortunately, <laughs> Brendan and I have talked about in the office. Y'all can pick one next week for us, but for right now, name the only U.S. city. Where all of their pro teams have this share the same color scheme. Okay, and just as a note, to be qualified, the city has to have at least two professional sports teams. But all of the sports teams have to be share. Pittsburgh. Damn, that was quick. It's Pittsburgh. Be Pittsburgh. <laughs> hey, let's, not, Pittsburgh. let's not look over the fact that Logan said. Yeah, <laughs> Logan said no. <laughs> I was yes. going to say Washington. No, no, the commanders get them. Because that was one of the close answers. That's what I was going to say. It was Washington. Yeah. And then I totally forgot about the commanders. Yeah, I saw black that, and I said, yellow. Yeah, black I said and yellow. Dallas. Because yeah, Dallas you think about the Stars, the Cowboys, 
And then it was uh, no, no, no. The stars. I mean, the stars the, are green. The Cowboys, the Cowboys and, Mavericks, and Mavericks. But then the stars were green. green. Exactly. Well, when I thought Washington, you red, white, and blue. You got caps are there. You got the, the Nationals, Nationals there. What about the Commanders? Mess you up there with commanders the, the Burgundy? Why don't they? They suck in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> dude. They need to change. Go back to the, I, I like that. I like the, No, I like the team, dude. Speaking of, like did you team. see that <laughs> that um, Native American group actually came out and demanded that they change the name back to the Redskins? Really? Good. I saw that. There's yeah. a petition going out. It's got hundreds of thousands. They should of do that signatures. for that. They should bring back Anjamama syrup too. I mean, pay homage to 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 people. Cleveland. Indians too, dude. Cleveland Indians, bring Go it back. Go Guards. Yes. Come you on. know, that's the thing about that. Like, why did those teams, like the Indians and the, and, and stuff, get penalized, but you, you haven't seen anything from the Braves, you haven't seen anything from the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, either all of them need to change their name or all of them need to stay the same. And I'm yeah. on team stay the stay same, the same. Yeah. for the record. Cancel culture sucks. But, you know, that's my thing about Cancel it. me. So, good job, Gruber. <laughs> Pittsburgh is the right answer. You've got the Steelers, you've got the Pirates, and you've got the Penguins. They're all black and yellow. Shout out Pittsburgh. Very impressive. Yeah, but Logan, do better next week. <laughs> I almost changed my answer because he started shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Jacob said, yeah, quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that's the first one that popped in my head. Right. Pittsburgh. No. Well, I mean, no, no, seriously. The Washington and Dallas were probably the top two misguessed answers. <laughs> Because what they was, do have two teams that are – so in Washington you have two teams that are yeah. red, white, and blue, but the, the commanders knock you out. And in Dallas you have two teams that are blue and white, but the stars knock you out mm-hmm. because the stars are green. Um, but anyway, fantasy news. The, Dalvin Cook is now a New York Jet. How stacked is Aaron Rodgers and this Jets offense going to get? And how does this affect <laughs> Brees Hall's fantasy stock? Logan, I what, think you, what was your reaction when I texted you that in the group yesterday? Well, I can't say it. <laughs> I can't say it. it was it wasn't good. It was not good. I mean, had a lot of stock in Brees Hall this year. Yeah, kind of tanked did. a little bit. Um, had Brees Hall RB two. Got Bijan on the roster this year too. You've talked up Brees Hall. He's so a, much this year. He's a good back. You said he he's was he was good. running twenty four miles or twenty one miles per hour. You know, the, uh, it's before preseason even started, you're ACL like, this man's going to be good. ready. He is. He's and I told you, I said, guess what? Dalvin Cook's going to go to the Jets. I told well, you that you know months what, ago. You know what? When Dalvin Cook left the Jets, because I didn't have any hope at first. Whenever I heard Dalvin Cook is going to the Jets, I was like, he's leaving with a contract. He did not leave with a contract. He went to New Orleans, and I was like, I also have Kendra Miller. So I was like, well, that's great, too. So it's like, you know, like, it's a lose-lose, but I would rather lose with Kendra Miller than Brees Hall, just ceiling-wise. Because Brees Hall's ceiling is what? What do you think Brees Hall's ceiling was? RB what this year if he's healthy? Top In five. that offense? Top five. Yeah, top five. I think top five floor. You know who it was that messed it all up? Aaron Rodgers because he hates rookies. He hates rookies. <laughs> he does. I texted hey. him that this morning, and that was the – it was either A – they're trying to take the load off because he did just come off an ACL injury, which I still think that Brees Hall will be very fantasy relevant, especially midway through the season once that ACL is yeah. 100%. Or B, it was Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about fantasy because he's on the back end. So he wants a running back who's been doing this for a while and can actually win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And, I mean, Brees Hall is still 21 years old. Right. So Brees Hall is going to have a great career. This is a one-year deal with Dalvin Cook. Brees Hall will be a bell cow back next year after he has a year with Aaron Rodgers to learn how Aaron Rodgers likes to do things. Um, but I will say this, though. Think about all the years in um, Green Bay. Rodgers always had two backs. Like, he always. Like, he always had two backs. 
And both of them, for the most part, one was extremely fantasy relevant and one was, you know, decently. I mean, you could argue that A.J. Dillon was pretty fantasy relevant. Flex play all yeah. year long. Aaron Rod- uh, not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, though. Oh, he's the lead back there. Yeah, and and that's so I think that Dalvin Cook will start out the year as the lead back. Then, you know, mid-season, I think Brees Hall, I think they split it probably 50-50. And I guarantee you Dalvin Cook gets all the third down work. My I think that so I think production-wise, it definitely takes a hit to Brees Hall this year. And oh, yeah. I think that's the full year. I think what scares me the most is Dalvin Cook is going to be it's going to be a 60-40 split. Uh I, I don't see Brees Hall really getting more than 15 touches a game. Uh they're the same back. They're both good pass catching backs. They both are good pass blocking backs. Um they both are downhill runners. You, they're both they can both be goal line guys. They they're literally the same I think in a lot of aspects. It's just the fact one's coming off of an ACL injury and the other one's been an established back. One's trending up, the other one's probably at the Tail end. One's got a sh- coming off shoulder surgery too, though. Yeah, so I mean, both of them are a little, a little banged up. And well, I think I think that's Cook's healthier why. right now though than oh one returned to practice today and one's still not practicing and that's Brees Hall. Yeah, Cook's still not practicing. Yeah, but Cook just signed yesterday. Yeah, Cook, hey, Cook yeah, also just had a still, baby. That Shout man's out to still Cook. getting sized. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he just had a baby. baby. Shout out to girl Cook. dad, boy dad. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get that. Shout far. out, boy dad. Yeah. Shout out, girl dad. But no, but Cook is. Going to be very fantasy relevant early in the year. He will be. But midseason, it, I really do believe it's going to be a 50-50 workload. And I think that Brees Hall will get most of the early downs. And I think Dalvin Cook will get the third downs because going back to Rodgers hating rookies, Rodgers is going to trust Cook more on a third down situation than he is Brees. And yeah. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah. And you mentioned it last pod, you know, Aaron Rodgers took a salary discount. I think he's trying to pull every weapon he can in there. He knows he doesn't have a whole lot of years left. He's with a new team. They've got the hype. They've got the defense. I think he's doing everything he can to put another ring on his hand. Devontae's really coming. I've, gosh, I hope not. Devontae's coming. I hope not for the Dolphin fans out there. So, speaking of trades, though, how does that compare in fantasy value-wise to somebody like, you know, Ramondre Stevenson's fantasy value when Zeke went to the Patriots, you know. Yeah. I don't think it has near as much weight in that running back room as compared to what we just got finished talking with, no, with the I, Jets. I I agree. I think that you're going to see a lot more goal line carries from Zeke. Mm-hmm. More so, I think that's what scares me the most about the uh, Stevenson um, situation is just the fact that I can see Stevenson being a guy that's more 20 to 20 and you see – Zeke being the guy that's going to take a lot of those touchdowns away. Well, if you look at it last year, though, Ramadre Stevenson had like four touchdowns on the year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe four or five. I can't remember. It was, it was very low like in that number. And Ramadre Stevenson's not getting the goal line work already. He wasn't getting the goal, work, the goal line work last year, and he was still a top 15 back last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this has really any fantasy impact at all on Ramadre Stevenson. I still think Ramadre Stevenson's going to get – Plenty of uh, uh, of you know early down work, and I think he's going to get plenty of the back end work too, where he gets where he gets plenty of re- you know receptions to make him very very relevant in in PPR leagues. But I will say this about Zeke: if Zeke is healthy, last year when Zeke was healthy and that knee wasn't giving him a problem, Zeke looked like old Zeke a couple of games when he was fully healthy, felt good. Zeke looked great, 
And so I do think that Zeke can also be fantasy relevant this year because he is going to get the goal line work. And, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Madre Stevenson, but Zeke is still Zeke. And I don't, I, you know, if he's healthy, I think he's still that guy. And I think it'll be a 50 50 split there for a little bit too. Maybe 60 40 in favor mm-hmm. of Madre. Do you move anybody up in your rankings with any of that news? I think that you move Dalvin Cook being the fact that he didn't have a place really <laughs> up, obviously. Um, I can see him being a, a low-end RB1. I can see Brees Hall being a mid-to-low RB2, a guy that you can still start. Um, Ramadre, like you said, I think it moves him down a little bit, but you can still get him in that that two-three turn for PPR this year redraft. Yeah. Uh, which is still solid value. I like him there a lot more than a lot of other guys. It just depends on where you value him. I mean, I I still like Gibbs in that third round too. I target Gibbs in the third round more so than Ramadre, but just for the fact of. Well, that's a good point though. Think about Gibbs. Gibbs is in a all these running backs. They're all in a in a in a committee system. Mm-hmm. Like David Montgomery, great player. He's still going to get his work and he's going to get his goal line work. So I mean, I think they're all three. Like, everybody's talking about how good Gibbs is going to be, in which I love Gibbs. I have Gibbs on my team any given Sunday, all right? <laughs> but I think they're all three in the same situation. I think, you know, PPR-wise, Gibbs, Ramadre Stevenson, and, um, you know, Brees Hall potentially, but I do think Dalvin Cook gets the third down work there. But I think the other two specifically doesn't change them at all. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it has near as much implications as the, the Jets situation like we talked about before. So in other word, in other news, this may not be very surprising, but we still need to cover it. Our boy AR fifteen was named the starter in Indianapolis week one. Got which it. is a divisional game against Jacksonville, might I add. Mm-hmm. So they're throwing them to the to the dogs, so to speak. A lot of you guys had Jacksonville winning that division this year. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Is he ready? They're setting him up for failure. Do you think so? They're setting him up. They're setting AR up for failure immediately. They don't have an identity there. That, and if JT's out right now, they don't have an identity. Their defense was asked last year. Uh, I mean, they're going to roll out Evan Hull as their starting running back right now if JT doesn't get his act together. Um, and you're just, you know, most of these running, most of these quarterbacks, they get time to to mature, get time to learn the system and everything before they're thrown into the fire. But you know, some they throw them in right away. Some pan out. Most of them don't. Most of them do not pan out. And AR does not have the decision-making right now to fight through all that and pan out. I, I, I think they're just setting him up for failure. I agree. I mean, if you sit and watch AR, and I mean, even last year in college, there's moments where he looks like the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. But it's moments. I do believe if he had time to sit there and learn from somebody else, like I think if he could have gone when Tom Brady was still there and got drafted by the Bucks and went and learned from Tom Brady, or if he was in a situation where he could go learn from Aaron Rodgers like Zach Wilson. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for AR, but I do think they're setting up for failure. Should he grow a mustache and really pattern his game after Gardner Minshew? <laughs> Gardner Minshew is probably the – he's this generation's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, for sure. Great, probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. He could easily be a starter for half the teams in the NFL. I feel sorry for him. He should have gotten too. a chance. I wish somebody would give him an actual chance. He had the chance with the Jaguars, and he got hurt and lost it, and they just never gave it back to him. I know. No. I think Indianapolis has a running back. AR-15? It's AR-15. <laughs> and that's the thing is that, I mean, honestly, uh, like no. he he could, 
He's bigger than Derrick Henry. He's faster than Derrick Henry, and he can throw the ball. Just but, let him do it. But are they gonna are they gonna say, hey, we're gonna go out here and we're, all right? This is my problem with that though. Are they gonna be come out here and be like, all right, we're gonna run a bunch of options, mm-hmm. and this is gonna be our identity? Is our running our quarterback is gonna be our running back, and they're basically gonna run wildcat all year and throw occasionally? Or are they gonna try to make him a pocket pre- pocket passer and let him run occasionally? But he's gonna struggle. People are gonna call on him to that he's a bust. All this stuff, and I just I think they're just setting him up for failure. I think they're gonna have a bunch of RPOs in that offense for sure. Even if even they if, do, even they'll if, succeed. Even if even if JT was healthy, I think that he is too. He is he's a weapon. He's a weapon there. You have guys like Pittman Kevin. there. You have you have guys you can throw to. I mean, I like him. I think he's gonna be fine. I, I, granted, I don't think this. Uh, the Colts, even if they had a decent quarterback, I mean, I don't think that they would have been the team yeah. that would have taken that division anyway. No, it's just I the mean, fact of how talented that division you is have, with, you with, with Jacksonville itself being there. Not saying that the whole town – I mean, Houston's in that division. They'll, they'll still finish over Houston. Yeah, Houston's bad. Tennessee will finish second. I mean, and then I have the Colts still f- finishing third, even if JT was healthy. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. But I will say this about the Colts. They do have two of the most freakish – Specimens in the entire league and AR and uh, Mo Alley Cox. Oh, dude, yeah, Gigantor. Yeah, <laughs> somebody said that that's like like he has the premium porn star name. <laughs> Mo <laughs> Alley Cox. <laughs> but back to what I was going to say, you have to throw AR into that situation. That, like he just said, there's no one else. There's yeah. nobody else. Sam Ellinger is the backup. Yeah, that was yeah. going to be my take. So he shouldn't even be in the league. That was going to be my take. I agree with what you're saying about you know. You, you can say they're throwing them to the dogs or set them up for failure, but who else they got? Yeah. Why, why do they draft them? I you know let Minshew you know have his year. It's, it, hey, this is big boy ball. Let Minshew have his year, level though. Of football, you know yeah, but saying? let Minshew have his year. I do think he looks better in the NFL than he did in last year in college because I think Billy took away the a bit the option to run. Because Billy took away the ability? The option. Oh. Because, he was hurt a lot too. Well, that and the fact that there y'all didn't have a backup quarterback last year. If AR goes down, the season's over either way. So I think Billy told him like, if it's there, take it. If not, don't you dare get out of that pocket. Be an athlete. Yeah, I think it looks good. I think he just needs a bigger helmet. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that yeah. picture, but that thing is. Hey, I will say this though: in that preseason game, he did make a couple of throws where he gets the ball, like his mechanics and everything. He gets the ball out so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see it. There's. Highlights. All, I mean, that Utah game last year, we all sat there and thought that he was going to be the Heisman winner. Just go ahead and give it to him, and then it didn't pan out. But out of all the rookie quarterbacks, like looking at just who has potential, his mechanics, his his you know obviously his legs and everything like that. He looks, he does look the part. I just think they're throwing him to the dogs too early. It's gonna, it's just not gonna pan he out. He looks right. like Cam Newton out there. Oh, he he looks freakish. He's massive. Yeah, I feel like he easily has the highest ceiling. Oh, oh yeah, I, oh yeah. Will Levis's mechanics did – I mean, like, they look great. He doesn't look rattled or anything. But. He threw it to the other team, but he's going to do that. Yeah. C.J. Stroud looked rattled. Like, mm-hmm. he was in there for what, like one drive? One drive. But he looked – like, did not even, look good. I don't even think that was against number one defense either. Probably not. I mean, no, it, I'm not a fan of C.J. Stroud. It did not look good. Um, and then Malik Willis mm-hmm. for the Titans looked – Decent. Decent. Um, Bryce Young. Have y'all seen how he he like he steps back in the pocket 
He steps back like he's, you know, about to fire up the grill, <laughs> grab a cold beer, like <laughs> turn on the TV. Like he he looks completely under control. He's just five foot two. Yeah. So gifted, though. Oh, God, that is. kid's gifted. He is. He's really good. And he's a, he's like a great guy, too. Oh, I'm rooting for Bryce Young. I'm rooting for Anthony Richardson, too. I think he's a great, like a great person. He just person. came out with a rap song, too. Like him even more. <laughs> I think that's what Will Levis needs to do. That's what he needs to do, come out with a rap song. With his girlfriend. Yeah. Hey, do y'all remember what Will Levis asked? Remember the the Manning Passing Academy and it's like all the top quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. And all of them were like asking like, all right, if you're in the pocket and you see this, like what do you what do? You do? What's, your, what's your move and all this? And Will Levis's question, everybody asked football-related questions, and Will Levis's question was, so uh, how do I handle uh, getting publicity off the field, like TV deals and all that? And, and Peyton Manning was like, Great question, but we're going to keep it about football. <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't like about him. Mm-hmm. Hot girlfriend. Terrible mindset. She is bad. Any last calls? You always got one, so I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, I don't It really. could be a repeat. If you're going to hammer something all season, you know, now's the time to hear it. All right, well, I got two. <laughs> <laughs> he went from nothing to two real fast. CD Lamb will finish as the number one overall wide receiver this year in fantasy football. And the second one is everybody's starting to learn, but Tennessee is going to win the college football national championship this year. And I hate Tennessee. That's coming from somebody that hates Tennessee, but they will win. The stars are aligning. <laughs> things are happening. The water's moving. Tennessee will win. Is Joe Milton going to win the Heisman? I think he – I think there's a strong possibility <laughs> that he could. I'm not going to say – I don't have the feeling on that one. I don't have the feeling he on that one. He gets invited. I think he gets invited. Okay. But I could also see this, too. I could also see Joe Milton just getting hurt. I'm not wishing this on Joe Milton because I love Joe Milton. I think he's a great player. I think he chose a terrible school, but I could see him getting hurt. But Nico comes in, and Nico saves it. Nico, Nico wins everything for him. I love Nico. I like it. Play him. Hey, I love it. I'm here for it. I hope it happens. I'll be your best friend if it does. What if it doesn't happen? (laughs) (laughs) Don't care about me? (laughs) No. It'll be the same relationship. You walk in late, I say go to hell. Damn. Well, come on, Nico. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I got to get some friends here. Well, let's do a draft for my last call. I thought it was. I thought it was gonna make. I thought it was gonna make it into trash can. Edit that out. No, don't edit that out. I think it's perfect. Yeah, I thought it was gonna make it into trash can. Uh, this will be a good short. At point guard, Brennan. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna do a draft. For my last call. It'll be okay. a good short. I've been out of practice. Let's see your. What do you bring it to the tailgate? Go to tailgate. What am I bringing to a tailgate? Yeah. Go to tailgate? Yeah, your number one, number one overall pick right here. We'll go in this order. Oh, number one? I'm taking beer. Okay. Solid. It's good. good beer choice. number one. I think that's an obvious number one. Yeah, I think that's the best one. I think it's the only thing you can bring. TV. That's your number one is TV? Yeah, what am I going to do at 9 o'clock in the morning? There's, I can't watch all the other games. You're not going to have an outlet. You're Brennan's going to bring it. Okay, what's, what's yours? I'm forgetting the outlet. I'm bringing Chick-fil-A nuggets. Gosh, oh. damn it. Gosh, damn it. That was mine. Chick-fil-A nuggets. Uh, Beer and Chick-fil-A nuggets. Well, if he's, if he's going to bring the nugs and shit. Bring the outlet. Give me some Rotel. Mm. 
bring out the whole. This is why I don't weigh anything. This is why I've been 160 pounds my whole life. Mm. So second round pick. Yeah, let's go three rounds. Second round pick. What am I bringing to a tailgate? A baddie. I'm bringing a tent. Ooh. (laughs) Give me the tent. Give me the shade. Because what do people need at a tailgate? Beer and shade. Well, I've got rounds two and three locked up already. If I can't, if I didn't have the outlet, I'm bringing the outlet. <laughs> and I already know what I'm bringing for round three. So generator. Fair enough. Or yeah, is that Fair enough. Still right, generator. So far, we've only got nugs and rotel. I think this is probably the most, most important that no one's thinking about. I don't care if you have a TV and beer and everything else there. What are you going to need to do by about midday? You're going to need a seat, all right? So mm. I'm bringing a fold-out chair. Mm. I like it. I like it. You're going to need it. Man. Yeah, to watch the TV that I bring. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm bougie, but when I show up to my tailgate, the tent's already there, so I didn't have to bring it. So uh... Can't hide it. <laughs> Can't hide it. <laughs> uh, trying to think deep. Sleeper pick. Ah, screw it. Give me buffalo chicken dip. Oh. Mm. Solid. I've already got mine. I love buffalo chicken dip. But you know what everybody loves at a tailgate besides beer and shade? They like the guy on the grill. Are you going to be that bring guy? It? Are you bringing <laughs> the guy on the grill? <laughs> you bringing the guy on the grill or are you bringing the grill? <laughs> Who's this guy you're bringing? <laughs> I'm bringing a grill. <laughs> I mean, one, two, three there, that's like, that's top tier. That's essentials. That, that is, essentials. is essentials, and that's what we're doing. This is what we're drafting. Those are first-round picks, I, and I got them late. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Are you bringing the guy? <laughs> <laughs> he got the grill. Are you bringing the guy? <laughs> yeah, because we're going to need somebody better than him. His brother. Oh, let's do let's do four rounds. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we'll bring Luke. Bring Luke so Luke can, <laughs> can be on the grill. <laughs> he can be the guy on the grill. <laughs> All right, what's yours? I already said generator. Uh, gen- all right, round three. You brought your plug. You brought your plug. I got the TV. Two. I got the outlet. I got the generator. We're watching. <laughs> we've got all, all the right. games. Well, right. I'm bringing most generators <laughs> going to outlets. So let's just call outlet. <laughs> let's just call outlet extension cords. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I'm bringing a sleeper that nobody's thinking about, but it's a favorite, at least by me. Captain Rodney's dip. Ooh. Ooh. Captain Rodney's is is premium. Y'all are on food. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. kind of where I was going. I'm going to sit in my chair and I'm going to eat. Yeah. You can't have food without a grill. I cannot believe this <laughs> slipped all the way to the fourth <laughs> round. But, honey, did you did you remember to get the fucking game tickets off the counter? <laughs> oh. So I'm taking the game tickets with my fourth round pick. Dang, fourth round pick game tickets. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest though, this tailgate's I'm... looking so good, you might not even want to go in the game. <laughs> that depends on where we are. Oh man. Oh, I'm bringing the vibes and I'm bringing the boombox. So we're gonna be listening to a boombox over. Oh yeah, over, over the TV. What? Yeah, you gotta have some sort of sound going. Gotta I have guess some it, I music guess early, going. early in the day, you want to get going. This is gonna be a oh, fat yeah. tailgate. Yeah, so. yeah. This is you true. gotta have you gotta have music. Sure. I got one. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you said beer. Just thing. It's a cold, brisk November morning. You're not on beer anymore. Yeah. You need whiskey. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's solid. Mm. Solid. 
Let's okay. do eight rounds. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, I'm going to go ahead and bring all that together here. Uh, you need the cups, plates, and utensils. Mm. Mm. You're that guy. You got to have it. You're that guy. You got to have it. The plastic. Oh, you're that guy. The essentials. Yeah. yeah. The essential guy. I mean, I agree. Who's, who's eating Captain Rodney's mm-hmm. chicken dip out of her hand? Yes. You'd be surprised. Me after 30 beers and about a fifth of that whiskey. You're that that guy. Potluck. Plates. (laughs) (laughs) Plates. I'll bring bring forks. (laughs) Thank God for Olivia. It's going to be be like leftover plates from like New Year's. He got one one girl or guy's mom in the class that's having a whip of 85 (laughs) beef tacos. And then it's like, well, what's Brennan Bowling bringing? Plates. Tostitos. (laughs) Tostitos. <laughs> Chips. Hey, you stop by Dollar General right before you get there, grab them. They're all, there. They're all out of normal white plates, so you just get like the happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some, yeah. Mo- some mom staying up to 4 o'clock in the morning whipping up Captain Rodney's and Buffalo chicken dip. Yeah, shout out to the girls that do, are willing to do that. Dude. Because I'm not built for it. Yeah, pizza well, parties were the best. Hey, and the guy on the grill. And the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Luke. I love grilling. I really do. I mean, yeah. I, that's I'm vibe one, dude. All right, close I'll cap out. it off. I'll cap it off. My last pick with the fourth round pick. Got to have ice mm. for all of these things. Hey, that's perfect Except, tailgate. Yeah, that's pretty that solid. That is a steal in the fourth pretty round. Solid. Good last call. Cheap too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Guys, we're sorry this one was a little short, but we had to film our intro before that, so. Give a shout-out to our videographer here, Logan. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, check out the YouTube channel to see that amazing intro. He does an amazing job, and that's it. Last call. Last call. Hammer Vandy over Hawaii.